Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And we say it all the time here, too, if you'd like to connect with us uh, in another way. You can do that over on the Good Things Facebook. Facebook group where we are, our family is growing. If you're on the Book of Faces, you might as well have some positive things in your news feed. So just hit up that search bar, put in good things with Rebecca Turner pops up. Rhino or myself will let you in. You'll get to see positive headlines, but also maybe a jump start on a fun conversation for the day. And I figured yesterday we were talking kind of about hate, such a bad word, but love hate relationships uh, with uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner. I thought it was fun to think about what are those things, not people, this is good things, but what are those things in our life that we kind of have that love hate relationship with you really enjoy it but yet it provides you some kind of struggle or some kind of frustration or negative side effect but yet you keep coming back to it remember this is good things so we're talking about friendly love hate relationships uh, in your life with things not people we're not getting into counseling today but uh, you can let us know too on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 many of you are talking about foods some specific foods like carbs or other things, but I think that goes in a variety of different ways. You can have just a love-hate relationship with the idea of balancing enough food and your health and all the things in that way. If you just love food, like just all of it, I just want big portions of everything. <laughs> I can get that. But like, then it can also have this love-hate for like certain foods that like you know is going to like knock you on your feet, but you're going to indulge and enjoy it um, anyways. For me, that's onions. I don't know what happened after my two pregnancies, but for whatever reason, onions give me heartburn now. Raw ones specifically, not so much cooked ones. And it's it's unfortunate because I remember how good they taste because there was at one time in my younger years where I could eat them and enjoy them with no problem, particularly red ones. Now, if I'm going to do it, I know I am setting up myself to fully enjoy the situation or the meal. And then, oh, 45 minutes to an hour, a couple hours later, I will be belching up red onions for the foreseeable future. And I know it, sort of going into it. So I'm like, ah, what do I do? So it can be something sort of as simple as that. Rhino, do you have uh, do you have any that come to mind for you? Uh, the first thing that came to mind for me as far as a love-hate relationship, and it's kind of in the vein of food, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not dealing with any particular food. It's just, I mean, you don't get to be my size being bashful. I do love to eat. <laughs> But I don't always like to cook supper. I, same these. 
So, like, cooking in general, I mean, I appreciate what it provides me, a meal. But, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of steps that goes into getting it done. It's just one of those things where I could dirty up the dishes and run the dishwasher and make a nice big meal and have leftovers for a couple of days. And it'll take me 30 minutes to an hour because I'm not going to get that in-depth with it. Or... I can throw some bread and cheese on a couple slices of bread and pour out some chips from the bag and be eaten in 15 minutes tops if it took a break to go do something. So it's one of those where because I, I, I do so much stuff in my day, I'll get to the point where it's supper time and it's like, I, I could put off cooking supper and just have a sandwich if I do this, this, and this. Or I really need to get in there and cook supper. So it's that... It's that love-hate relationship between I love cooking, I love trying new things, I love eating. I just hate taking the time to do it. And some of you would add, you don't mind cooking, you don't mind taking the time to do that, but then you have this, like, distaste for or this hate, and hate is such a, you know, again, in a soft way here on Good Things Today, uh, doing the dishes. I've heard that so many times. Like, I love cooking. I just I hate doing the dishes. Even sometimes just knowing all that you're going to have to load up can sort of be that roadblock to, to making you or letting you do it. I discovered that was really only an excuse for me because at my old place I didn't have a dishwasher. So I, I would use the excuse yeah. of... I'm going to buy paper plates. I'm going to eat sandwiches. I'm not going to cook because I don't want to deal with the mess. Now that i got a dishwasher, I can't use that excuse. I feel no. it feels like that's an empty excuse. I, well, speaking of the dishwasher, love it. Thank you. I would be able to replace it immediately as long as my funds were available if something ever happened to it. But And I don't mind loading it. I get great satisfaction of watching dirty things go from the sink to vanishing. Like that is, that gives me a lot of sense of, of accomplishment and then instant joy because now my kitchen's a little bit cleaner. But when I tell you I loathe putting up the dishes, like I disdain it so much. I mean, I do it and and, you know, I'm grateful that I have the dishes to put up, but it's just one of those tasks that just I know they're coming right back out. Like I know <laughs> it, by somebody in my family and then going right back in. And so it's just that cycle. So it's less they were already out of sight. So there's less sense of accomplishment by putting them back into the another cabinet where they're out of sight. And so I, I always find myself putting off unloading the dishwasher much longer than loading it and like having kind of the same with laundry. I think I don't mind doing laundry. I feel like I accomplished a task by washing the clothes and then drying the clothes. But there is this like just sense of like pushback that's just un, you know, un, you know, you just can't describe it or put your thumb on it of like folding them and then putting them back into a drawer for you to it's irrational, irrational. Yeah, it's totally irrational. And I do the chores. I mean, I'm not that unhappy about it again it's just like that disdain to it but it's like it's, it's a general like okay come, come on rebecca like you know how like this needs to be done so like let's let's get this over with and then you'll do it all over again in the next week so but i love having clean clothes so i have a go. bad habit of only emptying the dishwasher right before i load it again do you wait for the sink to fill up before you un like why don't so do you or you're a party of one why are right, you? so it, it doesn't – it it's literally like, all right, I cooked a meal. I got a pan. I cooked the meat in. I got a couple pots. I did some sides in. So I, I got like the bottom rack of the dishwasher, and I got plates and cups and coffee mugs and silverware and stuff. But it's not a whole lot. So it, I wash it, 
and then open it and let it dry because it it's just one of those things i feel like it, it could get dry in there but I, I just i don't want to risk it i'm sure somebody out there is telling me i'm doing something wrong but then it's, i just close it back up and i'll go to cook something it's like oh wait i need that so i'll take the dishes out and then i'll cook and i'm like oh wait i still got clean stuff in there so i'll take the clean stuff out and then load it again it's just a cycle I have a feeling if I lived by myself, my expectations would lower a little bit of of how I kept my home. But I think I would use out of the dishwasher into the sink until I've used everything out of the dishwasher and then put it back in the sink. Kind of like with laundry. Like I would just not ever fold clothes, I don't think. I think I would just grab out of the clean basket, which we are bad about doing that with socks and things that kind of get all put in one basket and you just go and get them because that's a whole nother level of, again, just dislike for me is folding socks. I like washing them, but I hate pairing them together and making the, making the happy, happy marriage. But, um, but yeah, I feel like I would be a little bit more relaxed too. If it was just me in the house, only running the dishwasher, but you only using those dishes. I had a friend who had a complete, I don't call it what it is. She was, she had a moment with her family, and she'd put all the dishes, all the silverware, everything away except for four. There's four of them. There's four plates, four cups, four forks, four knives, four spoons. <laughs> and was, that she narrowed it down to that. And she was like, if you need one, you're going to wash it yourself, or you're going to have your. You're in charge of yours. You're, you're in charge of yours. And it worked well. It worked well for her. I think she finally brought some things back, but she was trying to make a point, and the point was made that if you need a fork, you're going to end up having to clean your fork uh, to be able to. I like to my system for socks because really I just have basically the 20 pairs of the same socks. Mm-hmm. So I don't even bother pairing them up. Like I have dress socks and I have my no-show black socks. That's it. So when I do laundry, it's like, all right, I'm just going to have a pile of socks in this corner of the drawer, my dress socks in the middle, and my underwear is right here. I don't even worry about folding it. It's in the drawer. That's better than it used to be. Making improvements. <laughs> I appreciate Ray in Long Beach. I am not a fan of McDonald's food after 10.30 a.m. Just do not like it. But it's my wife's favorite. Personally, I could never eat there again, and I'd be perfectly happy. But I appreciate the fact that you have the deadline, because McDonald's is one of the few, I think, is that still holds holds a line between breakfast and lunch, maybe. Most have gone I want to say like, they experimented with all-day breakfast, but I don't think it became a full-time thing. So now, Ray, I need to know... What do you or what are you okay with prior to ten thirty in the morning from McDonald's? Is there a breakfast menu or item that's like, okay, I like that, but anything after ten thirty, I ain't here for it. Let us know. Or you can let us know something too. You may have a love hate friendly love hate relationship with six oh one eight seven nine four three nine five. Rhino and I'll be back coming up next. England. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I've got the power. 
throwback this is. <laughs> this had to be on one of the Jock Jam CDs back in the, what, 90s? Early 2000s? No, that was definitely 90s. That was definitely 90s? This came out in 1990. Well, and that would have been, so we would have been late to the party, but still it kind of had a lasting uh, impression. I don't know if at seven I would have appreciated it, but somewhere in the mid-90s, absolutely you would have. Welcome back to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. If you've got that Supertalk app, we hope you know you can stream us uh, from there anytime, anywhere. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, our news team is always covering your Mississippi stories. And we've got a free newsletter we'd love for you to sign up for. And you can always do that over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. On the C Spire text line, though, we are talking about the things, the friendly things that we have love-hate relationships with. And sometimes, you know, you brought up a good point uh, with Dan and Hattiesburg talking kind of about your OCD and the way you like your socks and organize your drawer. Sometimes I think that our love-hate thing, especially with like chores or other type of things, does bump up against some of our just um, quirks that quirks and habits, quirks and habits that other folks would find nonchalant could care less. Some of you are probably like unloading dishwasher means nothing to you. Like it's like, Oh, they're clean. I'll put them up where for me, it just doesn't make sense. It seems senseless. That's Um, the way I feel about making the bed. And I can't not do it. I mean, I can't get in, I cannot get an unmade bed. Now I may not make up my bed, if, like, first thing in the morning, I'm not one of those necessarily. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They say it's the first task you completed in the day. It sets the stage. But if I'm coming, like, before I get in bed, if the bed has not been made, I mean, I don't make it fully and then I make it. I mean, that would be borderline crazy. But I <laughs> I straight like, I straighten it. Like, it has to be fa- fairly, like, fully made. I don't put pretty pillows and all that and take them right back off but it has to be like straightened fully made before i nestle in and get settled for the night so i will say i'm not the one that does it immediately but i'm assuming you're one that just hops right in and could care less yeah i mean an alarm goes off i'm probably gonna hit snooze once that's why i said multiple alarms and then it's just all right throw the covers off i'm out of bed and when it's time to go to bed get in bed pull the covers back over you they don't have to do anything. It's ready. <laughs> Are there other things that I have to imagine you being a party one again, living by yourself? Oh, the joys of that. Like you get to just live and abide by your rules. My schedule. Your schedule, your rules. Nobody. I have rules and I live by a certain set. Just nobody else follows, <laughs> follows them in my house. And so that's where my, <laughs> that's where my aggravation comes from. Setting the standard, nobody reaches it. So there you go. But um, but are there things that if it's not done, like it weirds you out that you're you have to have it? Like I know there's a level of cleanliness that comes at some point, and even most bachelors are like, okay, I gotta clean up. I get that. Right. But like, is there things that if it's not in a certain way, or if you don't do it before X, Y, and Z, that kind of bothers you? Usually, any change of habit comes in response to something porch cat needs. Like, for example, with making the bed, I have at times in the past when Porch Cat was upset with me for giving her medicine or something where she would relieve herself on my bed, on my on my comforter, the word I was looking for. So instead of just hopping out of bed, I wouldn't make it up. I would – I guess that is technically making it if you pull the cover back over, mm-hmm. but it wasn't tucked or anything – and then 
make a fort out of pillows or get a box or something where she normally would jump up, put an obstacle there to keep her off the bed. So it's like, all right, you're not allowed on the bed for this amount of time. So that that would throw a, a wrench in the whole I don't make the bed thing. But, yeah, usually if it's if it's something like changing my sleep schedule or changing a routine or a habit, it's because I'm taking care of Porch Cat. Oh, well, that's sweet. I've got a lot of things that bug me in my home, but that's for another. <laughs> that's has nothing to do with my pets. That's for another day. Ken though brings up a good one. He said the board game. I feel like this would be up your alley, Rhino's categories. It's so stressful and it's so fun. So it's not always just about the daunting tasks that you have to do. Sometimes we subject ourselves to things that we really enjoy, but because we're super competitive or because it doesn't always go our way, then maybe you know we have like that love hate relationship with it. My husband's a big fisherman. I know like for someone who loves something so much it can also cause him great anxiety and frustration and when things don't necessarily go like in that way and so it's just it's interesting to me how you know we have these pools of things that bring us so much joy but then also but also i think it's the friction between the two between the love and the and the dislike that for at least hobbies or things that uh, challenge you and make you grow and, and, and make you either a better athlete or better professional or better parent or self-care or whatever that may be. Those those are the things the friction kind of um, helps make it grow, helps increase the joy whenever it's going well. I think that's what I'm trying to say. There's nothing that makes unloaded dishwasher better. Or <laughs> well, that- Some of that is just you're doing it because you know, like – it's the outcome that you do desire is like a, a more organized, cleanly house, but it doesn't yeah. bring you any more joy, no matter how it happens, unless you're the one that didn't do it. I think that's the only way you get more joy out of it. I think it you, you run the risk of finding unhappiness in something that previously brought you joy if you if you find a love-hate relationship with something out of your control. Like the, the closest thing I can think of is like U.S. soccer. I love cheering for u.s soccer i love watching their matches i especially love it when the world cup comes around because that's when everybody seems to pay attention Mm -hmm. and gets in on the little end joke i have going for me but at the same time as much as i love the sport and love the players and love the team i do have a bit of a love-hate relationship and i hate the way the system is run i hate how we have a coach that got rehired after not doing anything really special. And, oh, by the way, he's the brother of the guy in charge, and that's probably why he got hired. And it's just like, we're a big country. We could do great things. We're a big country. <laughs> why Why do we keep allowing a, a system to stay in place that's just holding us back? But so would you say, though, it's the love of it that keeps you coming back? That's why I though? care, yeah. It's, this, it's the what pool. And I think that's interesting, too, whether it's like even tough relationships in your life or like those tough things or like a job that just really challenges you in a lot of ways, but yet you love the work or whatever. You got to remember like the why behind, like the love behind the part of that sort of equation that keeps you coming back, that keeps you sort of engaged. And you do have those moments of of. Um, joy or those moments of accomplishment that are better than the setbacks or the things that drive you nuts, or you just have an overall um, greater sense of purpose for sticking around, like in terms of like with soccer, or maybe it's with, you know, a, pa- a passion project or, or whatever it may be that you sort of feel like is your stick that you're like the hill you're going to die on um, sort of thing. I would just say, make sure that doesn't 
dip into the other areas of your life. But like there's balance in all the things, balance in all of the things. Some of you may have a love hate relationship with a big game coming up this weekend. Uh, We got a big day planned tomorrow. So that'd be fun to talk a little bit about maybe what you're going to cook. And I want to know like who you're rooting for, but not, you can't use the words Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. So I'll say them once and then I'll have to say them again to tell you about how you can win her tickets, but that's for a little while later. But like, I need like you need to give me a different reason, like why you're going for one team or the other. So I'll tell you, I'm rooting for the 49ers simply because they are the only team out of the two who has had a good things guest on their roster. Now, I don't know if he starts and really really position he plays. All I know is he does really good for the city of Macomb. (laughs) And Ryan, you're going to have to say his name for me. Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward. And he has uh, been on good things once, but we have shared his turkey drive twice here on the good work he's doing in um, Macomb and love he still has for his city. So interestingly enough, I've known enough about his career that he was on the Chiefs and then he got traded and now he's on the 49ers. Stinks to be a Chief. So I... Go 49ers. And so that is my own. That is how I reached my decision for the 49ers on on Sunday is for that simple fact. I feel like I know him. I feel like he's part. He is part of our good things family. So therefore, we must cheer. We be me (laughs) must cheer for him and however much he gets to play in the in the particular in the particular game. I'm cheering for the Zebras. We have Mississippians on both sides, right? Oh, yeah. I think there's four total, if I am correct. I know sports talk would go much I think there's four players, yeah. I think there's actually at least one coach that has ties to Mississippi or at least played college ball in Mississippi. But, yeah, there's there are players on both teams from Mississippi that played in Mississippi that you can root for either team. I go team, go Mississippi wins. I'm just I'm rooting for the Zebras. Who's the Zebras? The refs. Oh, I'm going to cheer every time they throw a flag. Look at me over here. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> Which is why you should not take any tips from me on who to root for. But okay, so are you at least rooting for a good appetizer? We can get to that and more coming up next here on Good Things. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We are streaming from that Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, but you're going to have to go to Cleveland to see our guest who's joining us, Miss Trisha Walker. She's musician, singer, songwriter, producer, all-around cool person, and they've got some good things going on in Cleveland, and they've got a new talent show coming up that you're going to want to know about. So welcome, Trisha. 
Hey, Rebecca, how are you? It's been too long. I, when I reached out to Deep Roots to see who did I need to contact about this uh, Cleveland um, Scott talent, and they said, Miss Trisha Walker, would you like for me to introduce you? I said, oh, no, I hadn't talked to her in a while. <laughs> I know exactly how to get in touch with her. So how you been, friend? I have been good. You know, survived the uh, ice apocalypse up here, and uh, so it's a whole lot better than it was a few weeks ago for sure. Well, that's always a good thing. Okay, what y'all got cooking? Cleveland's Got Talent. This sounds like a lot of fun. Well, we hope so. You know, uh, I manage uh, the local music initiative called Deep Roots, which is a live music five nights a week initiative, and we've got a great roster of local talent, of course, that are all adults and seasoned professionals, but we wanted to try to kind of widen the net a little bit and see if we could dig some younger talent out of the community and Put it in the form of a talent show. So, you know, between America's Got Talent and the old uh, Apollo, Amateur Night at the Apollo back in the day, we're trying to put together a a talent show, a youth talent show for Bolivar County residents. Now, if it goes well, you know, we'll we'll try to expand a little bit. We we figured we'd start local, keep it local, and see if we could uh, spotlight some of the young talent in the community. So what kind of talent are we talking about? Singing, uh, musician? dancing, or is it just, what, what are we talking about? Well, again, to, this first time out, to try to keep it kind of um, manageable, singers, instrumentalists, you know, if you have a band or a vocal ensemble, hip-hop artist, and spoken word. So anything you can kind of do on a stage with a mic, besides, I guess, uh, comedy or some of the others, that would be that would hit the bill. So how do you sign up, um, Tricia? How do you, I guess, audition, or do you sign up? How does that work? Yeah, what we're doing, um, our, we're taking online auditions. And again, this first time out, it's for Bolivar County residents. But all that information can be found on our website, which is deltadeeproots.com. And there's a link there for the talent show. And you have to fill out some online applications, upload a short YouTube clip of yourself performing, and uh, your age. We're going to divide this up into three age categories between 7 and 17. We'll have 7 to 10, 11 to 14, 15 to 17. And so you upload a link, an unlisted link that we can take a look at on YouTube just to kind of know where to place you. And then, um, you know, if you're selected, we plan on having a live show on Saturday, March the 2nd at the historic Ellis Theater here in downtown Cleveland that's part of the Delta Arts Alliance. And we'll have a live show and, and award some prizes. And, if you know, if it goes well, we'll do it again later in the year. So who has the hard task of judging, Tricia? Well, I reached out to my uh, musicians on my Deep Roots roster. I, I put the call out to some of them which are, again, they've, like I said, they're seasoned professionals and they're very community minded. And so I have, I've got a little volunteer list of five to six local musicians who are going to be our judges. And then what will they win if they walk away as, well, how do you say it? Cleveland's most talented or got talent or if, they, if they're told they got talent, which all, hey, look, it takes great courage and that's a talent in itself to put yourself out there and come, come do something like this. But ultimately it is a contest. So there is a winner. It is a contest. If, you know, again, our idea is to have first, second, and third place winners in each age category, and there'd be a little cash prize and maybe some recording studio time at the Delta Music Institute at Delta State University, a couple of tickets to the Grammy Museum here in Cleveland, and a little, a little trophy, a little swag.
Which is all, and then a boost in confidence, right? It feels oh, like absolutely. this would just also be a great experience and learning opportunity for someone in Bolivar County, as you mentioned, who is just um, itching to maybe get on stage, sort of, you know, get their feet wet in that and just see what happens. You never know, right? Like it may be, it could be, it would always be a good thing to do something new. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's no shortage of talent. Now, it takes a lot of courage, you know, to step up mm-hmm. on the stage in front of an audience, but you know, we hope we've created a really kind and gentle environment for young performers to step up and try to show us what they've got. Well, I think y'all are doing that well because that leads into an article that's being uh, released or has been released, uh, Trisha. Mm-hmm. You actually sent me by Country Roads Magazine, and it headlines A Music City in the Delta, Cleveland, Mississippi Re Envisions Itself as a Launch Pad for New Artists and a Hotbed of Musical Experiences. Is this just a, a you know, a happy whoopsie? that they, they think this, or has this been very intentional from so many of you in the trenches there to create this kind of hotbed of musical experiences? Well, it's been a long, slow growth. You know, when I came back to Mississippi from my career in Nashville, you know, to, to work at, and develop the Delta Music Institute, you know, it's sort of that long-term, it was a long-term goal of mine to just bring back everything I had learned in Nashville Try to teach it to young people. Try to teach them not only some of the creative part, but certainly some of the business part of it. And with the shift in technology, you know, now that we're in the digital age as of 30 years or so ago, more, you know, to try to help young people understand that they can actually stay where they are and begin to develop a music or an entertainment career. I had to leave, you know, 40-something years ago because the technology wasn't there to connect us all digitally. But now... You know, in Cleveland, Cleveland is such a sweet community, very supportive. Cost of living is good here. You've got professional studios over at Delta State. You've got uh, seasoned veterans in the area that have been in the music business that are more than happy to mentor younger, younger people. And it just makes for a great environment. And Country Roads, which is a great magazine, um, this was in their music issue. They do a music issue every year. And uh, Sean Johnson, our tourism director, really helped uh, connect the dots on that, and I met with one of their writers, and she just did a great job. And finally, somebody used the term "Music City in the Delta," you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch it a little more and say that we're really trying to position Cleveland to be Mississippi's music city because of Grammy Museum is here, Delta Music Institute is here. We've got great live music. Um, you know, we're right in the heart of the Delta, the heart of where it all began. And it just, uh, yeah, it was kind of a kind of a land yap thing, a real timely article that came out. We're, we're really grateful for it. Well, I like it. I think y'all should definitely use that and capitalize on this idea of the Music City and the Delta because you're right, most young artists, at least I know, they think, oh, I'm going to pack up my bags. I'm headed to Nashville because that's where, you know, like most people um, sort of think they've got to go to take that next step, at least in a recording career in certain genres of music for sure. And to think mm-hmm. them say, like, let's just go to the Delta and then watch people from other states or other parts of the country bypass Nashville and then just come on to, you know, Delta uh, to, to Cleveland, I think is a, is a really beautiful thing. It's really cool to, to sort of see that starting to blossom and that other people are putting words to it that you didn't give them to put, I think, because then they're getting it. They're getting it's working, I think, is what I'm trying to say, Tricia. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before, but, you know, what makes a really vibrant music city or music town is that you've got opportunities, everything from the the rookie musician who can sit in the local coffee shop and play a couple of songs, all the way up to Grammy Museum and the Bologna Performing Arts Center, which which hosts professional shows and professional musicians. So you've got everything from, you know, A to Z 
related to music. And, and, you know, if there's one thing, hopefully we can all agree on, it's music. And you also have your great festivals as well as I'm thinking your local uh, restaurants like Hey Joe's is coming to mind. They have open mic night, I think, or they have opportunities for maybe not the, you know, quite there to be on a, a higher stage to come and get their feet wet just a little bit. And so you can see why there is something for everybody there, at least when it comes to those in, in the arts in, in Cleveland. So um, is there, I, well, you know what? I will post this article in the Good Things Facebook group if folks wants to go and be able to read the full thing that Country Roads Magazine um, had to say about our great Delta um, town, Cleveland. And if they want to, if they're in Bolivar County, because I know you keep underscoring that, Tricia, but I feel like this is going to be a hit and then y'all are going to have this in other places. But Cleveland's got talent. Where can they go to find all that information? Again, best place to find it is to go to our website, which is www.deltadeeproots.com, and there'll be a drop-down menu that says Talent Show, and all the Google Forms and everything are all online, deltadeeproots.com. You'll have to let us know who's the first winner. That's oh, I good, will. I that, will. That will definitely be um, be a good thing. Well, it's always fun catching up with you, um, Tricia. We still have to meet someday and play Chopsticks downtown in Cleveland. We have not done that yet, but I do know I promised you that, or you promised me, I can't remember, but the date is just not a date for it yet. Well, whenever you say, I'll be here, we'll be looking for you. (laughs) I'm happy to get back to Cleveland anytime. I appreciate your time, Tricia. All right, Rebecca, thanks for having me on today. appreciate it. All righty, there you go. If you're in Bolivar County and you think you got talent, then there's an opportunity for you to get on stage. She's right. It takes great courage for you to be able to do that. But how cool is it that we've got towns that are committed to growing that talent um, in a speci- very specific way? So kudos to them and kudos to their accomplishment in the Country Roads Magazine being recognized for that. You can look for that in the Good Things Facebook group. Well, we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. There was a time in my life I could break it down and say the whole thing. And I feel like I could, but I don't want to embarrass myself, so I'm going to leave it to those who are singing it in their car. (laughs) But we were right on good things earlier. You played what? Oh, in the first segment? We had uh, I Got the Power by Snap. And I said that had to come out of... Jock jams of the 90s, to which you went and said, let me find out if that is true. And I was right. Yeah, it was track 13 on Jock Jams Volume 1. How many tracks were, or not tracks, how many volumes were there? 
Oh, goodness. Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five. Five came out in 99, and then you had Jock Jam, the all-star Jock Jams in 2001. So it kind of fizzled out by the early 2000s. Well, and that's also when you had the opportunity of downloading music and yeah, making your Yeah, you no longer had to have this CDs. compilation of stuff. But it was this beautiful thing that you got in the mail because you ordered it off of the TV, as seen on TV. You got your Jock Jams. You called in and placed your order. Y'all remember those days? And gave them a credit card number. Or you had the little slip, and you mailed in what you wanted with the check, and it's this crazy thing. And then what you ordered came back, and you never had to exchange. And the fine print on every one of them will allow six to eight weeks for delivery. For delivery. And then you get it in the mail, and then it's this beautiful... Could you imagine ordering something online nowadays? And it takes six to eight weeks? That's not that's coming from like overseas? That's just just, you're, you're not getting any quicker than six to eight weeks. Because <laughs> it's going to take time for them to get your to get your order and get it back. And then it came in this beautiful accordion-like thing, and you unfolded it. and had all the different discs, and you went through and looked at it. And then you, you popped it in your little thing, and you went to skipping and doing and listening and um, and all the things. And the world was, was right. Speaking of, like, just ordering things, as I was saying, that came to my mind. Like, I remember I'm still of the age where <laughs> – and it was fizzling out, obviously, but still, you would get your J.C. Penney, Sears and Roebuck, whatever um, uh, magazine that you would have, and in the back, the order form catalog, catalog, and you would pick what you wanted, put your size, and it would almost be like you were ordering Girl Scout cookies, like if you were putting down the order form, or like still some kids have order forms, and then you would lick the envelope and you would ship it off and then like things would return like come back or you would take it to the store you would have your catalog order and they had the special part in the store mind that would be mind numbing to my daughter like boggle her mind if we <laughs> if you look through a catalog i gotta find a number associated with a product that i like and then write it down and give it to somebody and then i get it in two months and then call or call customer service asking if if you had if they had what you wanted or if anything like matched up and then returns. Oh my gosh. Returns were just a completely different experience. Cause again, it may take you half a year to get the right size pants from if it was to order them and then to return them. And then I do think most did in store returns if you, if you did or whatever that way, but for the JC pennies and the Sears and stuff like that. Yeah. Eventually they started taking in store returns because you had to. Yeah. Yeah, at some point you just you just absolutely um, had to. Oh, the good old days! But those those songs, Chuck Jams. I mean, they go with the times. They're still they still do what they were meant to do, which is to get you up, get you excited, get you um, grooving. To me, if you were a dancer, cheerleader, flag girl, whatever that was during that eighties and nineties, hands down, you had at least a handful of of halftime routines to at least some compilation of a thousand different tracks off jock jams yeah whether it be tag teams whoop there it is mm-hmm. or the 69 boys tootsie roll or what we heard going out of the last break pump up the volume pump up the jams pump it up <laughs> well, that's pump up the jam i know but <laughs> or unbelievable by emf uh, Aaron and Meridian said, I remember the catalog that you would look at after Thanksgiving. It was a toy catalog. That was um, Toys R Us. Like, Toys R Us sent the ultimate, like, Santa wish list catalog, and you would spend 
hours going through and circling and coming up with. And then your parents would actually use that for deciding whether or not, you know, it was going to work for the big guy to bring that to you. And it still amazes me that they are no longer brick and mortars. Um, like, how did you mismanage that to the point? <laughs> it was pretty much the only toy place well, to the, go. The fact that the toy aisle at Walmart grew from true half an aisle to an aisle to a whole subsection of the soup of the the super center. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how little I pay attention to it. But <laughs> you, you had that, and then you had little toy kiosk pop up in pretty much every grocery store or pharmacy. And then online ordering became a lot easier, and Amazon comes along, and eBay's here, and it's just like... Why you be Debbie Downer? Bring back Toys R Us. Well, I'm, I'm saying that's something we got to experience that younger generations, they just, just miss out on. No. They don't get to go to a store that's all about them. Catalog ordering, though, you, if if you need punishment, that's how you, you should make your kids buy all their bridges through catalogs. <laughs> Stick with us. You got sports talk coming up next from three to six. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.